Forward, a Fiserv podcast, features conversations with the people moving financial services and commerce forward. Here's your host, Jason Hendricks with Fintech Forge. Does your job make your heart happy? On this episode of Fiserv Forward, my guest is Leslie Pierce, Senior Vice President, Small and Medium-Sized Business Sales at Fiserv, but most importantly, Executive Champion of Fiserv's Back to Business Initiative. Fiserv has a long history of giving, but recognize the old ways of doing things are not necessarily the best ways to meet a new type of crisis, the one-two punch of a global pandemic and economic recession. Leslie and her team rolled up their sleeves and rolled out new strategies, all aimed at reaching marginalized communities. The innovative approach of back to business was optimized for outcomes from the very start. Let's hear Leslie's story. Excited to have Leslie Pierce, Senior Vice President of Small and Medium-Sized Business Sales at Fiserv, but perhaps most importantly and impactfully, Executive Champion of Fiserv's Back to Business Initiative. Fiserv has a long history of giving and working with communities. What made Back to Business different? Thank you for asking, Jason. So uh, I'll take you back about 12 months ago when we just didn't know what was going to happen with COVID, right? And so what we were seeing from our clients is a total disruption of their business model. For some, they had to close entirely. For some, they didn't know how to pivot to a safe and meaningful way to reach their customers, and we wanted to help. We also recognized that for our Black and minority-owned businesses and communities, they were disproportionately impacted just because of the decades of um, limited access that they had had to resources. And so what we decided to do as a company was to have a program that supported one, our associates, because we felt like it was important that we um, do what we can to use our platform to to do good. Two, help our communities. So we wanna make sure those places that we live and work, we support it with um, some of our philanthropy dollars and three, our our merchants. And so, we started back to business and it's really a four prong. So there's internal focus, right? As we okay. start to think about Pfizer as a company, but then externally, how do we help those minority owned diverse businesses that may not have access to capital, may not have a website, may not know how to accept Apple Pay, Google Pay, but more importantly, needed funds to survive. And so we really launched back to business to become a, not only are we going to give you money, which was vitally important. Vitally important. No no one's going to say that wasn't important, but what are the other parts of the program that were, you know, more systemic in nature, right? Changing the way they do business. Right. Absolutely. So that was the piece. So, so one was each one of our recipients was able to reach to get $10,000, very impactful, very meaningful. But also, if you think about our solutions, so our Clover Solutions point of uh, service, we wanted to make those available to people for free. This truly was an effort for us to help. We weren't in this to make money. So we made, for all of the grant recipients, the Clover uh, Solutions absolutely free. But we all know it's not just the cost of that device. It is all the credit card fees and um, interchange that they have to pay. So we also waived everything that was a Pfizer fee or cost. So the pass-through for them was only the interchange fee. So again, we just tried to make sure that we were providing as much um, resource as we could. So that was another piece. But also it's been a space that you've always, uh, that we chatted about that you've been in. 
It's a space of financial literacy. And with our community partners, we hosted Saturday School with Pfizer and hundreds of businesses dialed in because they didn't know how to take a contactless payment. They didn't, they didn't really understand. They could have been taking credit cards, but not understanding all the fees and options they had available to them so that they can make an informed decision. And here's the beauty of it. You do not have to be one of our clients. So we wanted to make sure that we weren't saying you had to be with Fiserv or Clover to, to participate in this. This really was, how do we help our community survive and thrive? Because we know that if we're able to help one business owner who also then employs 10 other people in the community, what we're effectively doing is helping our community. And that really is the thrust of what back to business was for us. I like all of the prongs. Let's go a little bit deeper on several of these. And for those that don't know, talk a little bit about the Clover system and what it would power for a merchant that was getting on Clover. Okay, sure. Happy to talk about it. So with Clover Solutions, uh, a lot of people may think about it as hardware and hardware is an important piece. So I'll talk about that as well. So for the hardware, for, for anyone who wants to take credit cards, um, you need a device to help you. It, it typically pre-COVID, a lot of that was face-to-face. And so, you know, you, you can get different rates for card present, which means that customer is standing in front of you and card not present, which means that it's either, either over the phone or online. So we provide with our Clover's business solutions for small and medium-sized business, a full spectrum of products. So if you are, you know, I have, we have some uh, customers and uh, one associate in particular who she just works fairs and she sells her quilts. So she just needed a swipe, which is our Clover Go. Very simple, very straightforward. Mm -hmm. But in addition, as you look at bigger businesses, our Clover Flex was uniquely helpful last year because it is a kind of an entry point, but for if you wanted to be able to take Apple Pay, Google Pay, those kinds of um, transactions, it also provided you that ability, right? And if you wanted to do it's flexible. You could take it out to the to do a curbside order, for example. But then for some of our larger restaurants, uh, retail providers, service providers, we also have a Clover Station, which is what you think about kind of the old traditional cash register with more, right? So mm-hmm. if you wanted to do inventory, if you want to schedule your employees' time, if you want to be- if you want a device that not only helps you manage your credit cards and processing, but also manage your business. For all of the Clover hardware, there are applications that we have. So very similar to anyone who uses like a a smartphone today. There are tons of apps on there to help you. And so we partner with a lot of businesses who built applications to work with our Clover solutions so that business owners can really use our platform to run their business. So that's kind of the hardware side of it. But then if you start to think about not everybody today and what we learned last year is going to have a face-to-face traditional brick and mortar solution, right? Mm -hmm. So what people found is in some instances, I just need to be able to do that online. And so our Clover solution is, can also accommodate that. So what we hope to do is for small and medium-sized businesses, give you that optionality so that we have the right product based on your requirements. Well, and I can see why the educational component is so important to pair to this because 
it's very easy to think of card acceptance as it's just the hardware and the thing you you know either swipe or insert the chip into or you know even contactless but that really is the tip of the iceberg of the things that you're solving for you're absolutely right and i think um when uh, we have an opportunity to educate business owners especially entrepreneurs i like to think of it this way you may make the best cupcake in the world but in order to be have a sustained business there are other things that you're going to have to get good at and we want to help you and we want to make that easy so that you can continue to make fantastic cupcakes right and so that's where the education becomes a key piece and making sure that people understand the reason that a uh, cart not present or something online costs a little bit more is yep. because we also have to protect you from fraud, right? So yep. there's this other ecosystem that's fighting against profitability into this whole education of what we're trying to do to not only make sure it's, you can accept the credit cards, but also in a safe and responsible manner so that we protect you, the business owner, and also your clients. Fantastic. And so tell me about some of the learnings that were uncovered, either, you know, challenges or opportunities that, you know, this is an entirely new approach, not just by Pfizer, but, you know, in the industry, given this multi-prong, what did you discover along the way? So uh, it's a great question. So, you know, when our uh, CEO, Frank Bizignano, decided this is something we're going to do, for all of us, it was a blank sheet of paper. And so very quickly, what we knew is that in order to serve these communities, we needed what I'll refer to as street cred. And that street cred came from our community partners. And so these are uh, individuals who have been in this space trying to help these business owners all along. And so very quickly, um, we focus on six cities. And the reason we chose six cities is the key for, for us was to make sure we were not just doing a check writing exercise yep. because you can write a check and walk away and you know pat yourself on the back, but did you really help the community? So a big piece of our original $10 million commitment was also to help these community partners. And so what was surprising, something we didn't know going into this was that those community partners helped us reach the deserving businesses who needed the grants because trying to find them and their network was new for us. And so we had really approached selling Clover from a a macro level before, right? Um, If you want PLS, go here. But if we wanted to focus on a specific community, we needed that community partner to say, hey, I'm working with this group of people. So I'll I'll point to two examples. Um, So here in Atlanta, we went with the Village Marketplace. And the fantastic organization, and when we first met with her, I asked her, what's your goal? She said, I want to save 100 businesses this year. Okay. Great goal. What what does it take to make that 200, right? And so we partnered with her, and she was the first one that said, let's have Saturday school, and let me just have an opportunity to educate business owners. And so those are the kinds of community partners. So because her, the people who were affiliated with her trusted her, she could bring us on as a trusted partner to realize that no, that we were not trying to do anything other than make our products and services available to her community partners, to the businesses that trusted her. But also I'll tell you, Jason, trying to give away $10 million is not as easy as you would think. A lot of people think it's a scam or think it's some kind of fraud. 
And so we really felt like without these community partners, we wouldn't be able to reach the very people that we wanted to reach and be able to um, make them aware of the application process. We also partner with AEO Works, um, who is a community partner, 5013C, that had a grant proposal system. And what was important for us is to make sure that we focused on what we were good at, which was we could give away the money and we could make our products and services and expertise available, and then have someone else in the community manage the grant process. And so they were able to do that, which is important from another perspective, because if you think about it, we wanted to make sure that we didn't influence who, was, who would re receive a grant mm. and who would not. And so I love our partnership with them because they also have a network, but they manage that. And all we know at the end is who, was, who received a grant. We as Pfizer can't influence it. You don't have to be our customer. We just want to make sure we work with those businesses um, who are able to get the grant. But also AEO had a, a theory, which I love, which was something for everyone. Because in as much as we've given away the $10 million, $10 million does not go as far as the need truly is out there. And so what we wanted to do was make sure that there are resources available to every single merchant who wanted to learn more, be more, do more in this space. And so that, that was like a huge uh, discovery for us. And we've had such meaningful relationships with multiple partners. So, and for the first time we partnered with Blavity. And I know you know who Blavity is, but it was new for Fiserv in this space. So for your listeners who don't know, Blavity is the number one media connection for a lot of Black millennials. And so if, in order for us to reach them, we partner with Blavity and we've had a tremendous partnership and we also have access to talent. And so what we found in this whole endeavor with Back to Business is uh, in order to be a good corporate citizen and to really reach the communities that we live and work, we need to also leverage our community partners to have long-term, multi-year commitments with them to continue to work in this space. And I'll tell you that last year, it was a $10 million commitment. This year, it's a $50 million commitment. Oh, wow. That, and so we're super excited that next month, we will start to take this across the pond to our colleagues in the UK. And so I really started to get excited just about the impact that we've been able to make. And Jason, I will tell you, it's easy to say it's, we've given away 800 grants, but every story, every business owner, this makes a huge difference. And so $10,000 is interesting, but for a lot of them, it's they're able to not get evicted. They were able to keep payroll. They were able to invest in their food truck or freezers as, they, as their business had to pivot last year. You know, we talk about the, you know, lower middle income in this, you know, the underbanked and the unbanked, but people often forget that there are small businesses fall exactly into those same categories. And I love how you were able to leverage community organizations to build that coalition to really go find them. Because I'm going to guess a lot of the recipients of these grants had never heard of Fiserv before. Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, so. For many of them, um, they haven't heard of Pfizer because if, even if you think about the power of our company and the way we move money, a lot of times we're the behind the scenes, right, um, that make it happen. And so what we've also done um, is partner with some of our CDFIs, the MDFIs, and small credit unions who are in this space 
that I think have traditionally tried to help those who are either unbanked or underbanked in this space. So you're absolutely right. They had never heard of Pfizer, but in having these community partners, we're able to bridge that gap and build trust, which at the end of the day is what we need to help this, set this community. If you think about those who are unbanked, and we did spend a lot of time on financial literacy because let's face it, people don't know what they don't know. And a lot of people come into this with, I had a bad experience, so now I distrust the whole industry, right? And so we've got to make sure that we overcome that because you and I know what also happened last year is funds became available for small businesses that had banking relationships. Yep. For the first time, I think the light bulb went off, right? That this is necessary. Yeah. Well, let's build on that because I think you've also surfaced some interesting insights and in even how PPP played out, you know, because of that lack of trust or the fact you don't have a bank relationship. Right. So, you know, as we worked with um, so many of these businesses, you know, one, I think there is a trust of cash, right? Even if, even as well, for a lot of us, there is, there's this whole digital ecosystem but there's also a cash ecosystem. People who traditionally deal in cash do it because one, they can trust it, they can see it, but also they, there's, there's no ambiguity. There are no hidden fees. And, and so when you start to think about people who don't trust the banking system, I think some of it is they just don't understand minimum account fees. And so when mm. you're operating on a margin of, like a very razor thin margin and you have to keep X amount of dollars in, in that bank account, it becomes an inhibitor for you to, to trust the bank. And so I think because the fees are there and we, we all become accustomed to, accustomed to them. So one, it's, you know, what is the minimum account balance that I have to, I don't write that many checks without fully understanding what other things are available to them. Um, they just don't trust the banks. And I think that isn't anything that the banks have done. I think they've done a really great job um, in trying to bridge the gap when we start to think about prepaid cards and other things that they make available to people. But it is really this, I've had a bad experience or, uh, you know, let's talk about the myth. I know someone who had a bad experience and it's how do we build that trust back so that they can participate in PPP, because as we know, in 2021, there is a small, there is a huge carve out for small businesses, especially. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't file your tax returns, if you don't have a legitimate business license, you can't participate and you can't play. As we wrap this up, you already shared the program is going over the pond. What else are you doing to make, you know, back to business, something that is driving systemic change? The other things that we're doing is one, um, signing multi-year commitments with our community partners. Like I said, this was new to us, um, but that also includes our financial partners. And so we have, as you know, as Fiserv, you know, our traditional um, business is with our, with our banks. And we wanna make sure that we're partnering with them and making back to business also part of what they do. And so what you'll see us do more of this year is partner with the banks, We'll award grants in conjunction with some of our bank partners. We'll continue to um, focus on financial literacy. And also what some of the banks have come back and said is, how do we get better minority participation in our branches 
that actually are accessible to these populations. And so we're gonna do things like have our clover van in parking lots and branches and give things away so that we can build trust. You know what, I think all of us, the image of a parking lot hot dog and just learn a little bit more about banking and, and creates that trust because we're actually in the community. And so you'll see us do more of that. And then uh, we also have, you know, our Clover race car and NASCAR. So we'll do some events. So what we, we try to do is every city that there's a NASCAR race, we're going to give away some grants. So we did that in Daytona. You'll see that us do that again in Atlanta when it comes uh, here in July. And so what we want to do is make back to business accessible to everyone. And um, we have some additional sports partnerships with the, with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, for example. We did a surprise event with them at the Pfizer Forum and we gave away 10 surprise grants. And you think about those business owners went into the forum thinking they have an opportunity to get some education. And then we surprised them all with the grants. And then last but not least, we're also partnering with Nancy Lieberman, who's building some dream courts in some of our communities as well. So lots of tentacles into the community. I, I like to call it the coalition of the willing. We are determined to make a difference and we're determined to make a difference in the communities in which we live and work. So if a community or a potential partner is interested in joining the coalition, how can they find out more and connect with the program? They can either contact me directly, uh, just Leslie Pierce at Fiserv.com, or if you go on our Fiserv.com, uh, you should see a back to business landing page. Just fill out a form and we'll be happy to connect with you. There's also a 1-800 number. There is also the same experience on our Clover.com blog. So if anyone's interested in, in joining our community, we're always happy to have someone and um, in, in, in just amplify what we're trying to do. Fantastic. And thank you for championing such important work in the communities that need it most. And it's definitely uh, one of the things that makes my heart happy every day. Thank you for joining us. Look for future episodes of Forward at Fiserv.com forward and soon on major podcasting platforms.